Hello everyone, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. You are listening to Work Life 360. This podcast is all about helping one another navigate through the noise and the clutter that's holding us back from our potential to be a healthier, successful community. Our mental, physical, spiritual, and social habits are certainly work life related. We'll explore how creating an awareness of our thoughts and behaviors can empower and inspire us to accomplish almost anything we direct our attention to. Let's dive deep into the dirt and examine what research, resources, and real-life success stories from everyday folks can teach us as we grow through the day-to-day challenges. Let's get started. Okay, hitting the record button. Was having an issue with Riverside. Michael Vincent is my guest today. Here he comes. (laughs) Here he comes. I'm back <laughs> again. It's working. Sweet. Little pitfall. I don't know what. I apologize. I thought I had That's my ducks okay. in a row. Hey, it, it happens all the time. It happens almost every what the truck show. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, before when I was ready to hit the record button, I was going to say to you, it's funny when you all did the freight waves live at home, and I had yeah. participated in the yoga session. I don't know if you're aware yeah, of the fact yeah, yeah. that I could not hear. Either you or Timothy at all. Oh, really? So, I don't so remember. Because so we, we came when we came to your section. I was doing a I was doing a trios. I could see you, but the audio after your team had worked so hard to get it working, and it, so I just pretended that you could hear me. I had no idea if it was going to work out. It came come off to find good. out. Yeah, come to find out, you could all hear. Um, I just couldn't hear. So, but anyway, that was kind yeah. of funny. So here we are again. No, it but, came out um, great. It came out great. <laughs> So I wanted to have you come on the pod, mostly to find out yeah. June is men, Men's Health Month and kind of explore. Is it really? Yes. <laughs> I didn't know. It's because I'm healthy all year round. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I just wanted to kind of explore for you what health has meant and, you know, your go-to yeah. sources for prioritizing your health, where you get your health information and how do you notice um, <laughs> if there's something that needs your attention with all the busyness that you do and feel free wow. to jump into really? explaining. Like, These are great. <laughs> I will do, do my best. This, <laughs> this sounds like there could be some like circular talk here, but you'll chop it up. I'm sure. Yeah, no, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> I love it. Physical and mental, right? And spiritual. Yes. Yes. And that's what this podcast is all about. Um, so. <laughs> so what's that look like it. for you? What what the, all of that look like for me? Uh, just uh, wow! Pick a piece, pick a part so, that resonates with you. Pick, pick a part. Well, you, I, you um, well, you know, so it's been a maturing process, really, because I started in athletics in, uh, uh, well, not athletics, but athletics, very young age. I played football for fourteen years. So as far as like. And I kind of, and I say a maturing process because um, you know much like when you if you get religious and you talk about prayer et cetera there's different stages of prayer there's very immature prayer and then there's mature opening up to just you know being right mm-hmm. and and yeah. accepting and trying to be that tool of good right which is kind of like I don't know if that's the most mature but that's as mature as I got so <laughs> or I'm getting and I try to go more there in the spiritual as well. But so as far as health, it started out with that was being healthy enough to to play sports, to be a football player, to play uh, basketball and to be at track and be exceptional. I found out I was really good at it. So I got hooked on the physical aspect mm. of it. Right. And, and so I can't physically I can't 
or mentally go through two, three days without exercising. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work. I, I, I feel, I feel uh, not only um, uh, bat poor physically, uh, but but mentally and spiritually as well. It's it's a it's more of a it's more of an old encompassing experience to actually work out for me because I've been doing it for. Oh man, I hate to admit it, but you know, I mean. <laughs> Uh, so for 45, six years, 46 years mm. or longer been working out and, and, and running and doing all that type of stuff. Uh, so from a physical aspect and I, maybe I'm breaking it down wrong, but I mean, that's, that's the way I break it down is to compartmentalize what we're talking about here mm. today is that physical aspect is there. And I always left it. Well, and so I'm 56 years old now. And so. I, I, I chewed tobacco for 40 years, Copenhagen mm-hmm. for 40 years. Mm-hmm. I ate really whatever I wanted to mm-hmm. because I would, I would, I would, I never gained the weight. So I was mm-hmm. always eating a bunch to gain, to put the weight on anyways, kind of mm-hmm. exercising and working out so much. So I'm taking in, you know, 10,000 calories, 12,000 calories a day and doing that stuff. And that's just not healthy. And so I've, I've cut all that out. And, and, uh, so eating healthier has been something that I've matured into, uh, as well, because we we don't we don't uh, live forever, um, and, and I count that as fortunate mm. <laughs> that we don't live forever. Because I don't know if you. Although there are people, yeah, it's interesting though. <laughs> there are people in the AI space that are really trying to make us immortal or mortal. We don't know which I, 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 Yeah, well, implant um, devices yeah. in us and. You know, so we can live forever. So, uh, well, I, I plan on eat, eating and exercising and and taking care of my my mind, body, and soul, so I have a good life, uh, whatever length that is, and hopefully it's as long as possible. I have young kids and, mm-hmm. and older kids, and so be here as long until they're like, you know what, Dad, just just move on, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, and and do that and do that in a happy way, I guess, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, is that a good goal? I think that's a pretty good goal. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I too grew up like physical activity was super important for me. Yeah, um, me and my brother like always out in the woods, in the ponds, like throwing yeah. bricks, yeah. Like, playing you know with uh, creatures and getting our getting dirty <sighs> and in the dirt and. You know, yeah, we're of a similar demographic age group, and like being oh, inside. Oh yeah, no, we were the free range. We were free range kids. <laughs> yeah, being inside. It was like, seriously that was the light went on on the street light. <laughs> oh gosh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Stay inside and watch TV. That was awful. That was terrible. That was yeah. terrible. Thing. Well, yeah, because well, you didn't really have any reason to stay inside, right? There was yeah. I didn't. Mm-mm. We're exploring. Uh, I mean, Atari was something that occurred during my high school. Oh, know, yes. Not high school, but but later in, in life, Atari and stuff occurred. And then it was like, you're going to sit inside and play games? I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. the cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. It certainly, it really wasn't. I mean, it was a neat thing that, that happened, but nobody was like, hey, let's sit inside all day okay. and do this. Like, come on, let's go play baseball. Yeah, it's so Let's in- go do this. It's so interesting how times have changed, and especially after covid um, where we're all kind of isolated and stuck indoors. And I think, you know, that physical activity that you and I innately relied on as kids, I think that helped us cope with, you know, the stresses of the day and just um, step away from, you know, our worrisome thoughts and, and, and use energy, like get our energy out. And I think, yes, I think today with, you know, a lot of what we're seeing today with the younger population that are more sedentary, and don't really explore or go out in nature and, and see creativity 
in a more simplistic way, um, we're seeing a lot of physical and mental health issues. Um, I posted something recently about the research coming out for 20, 30, and 40 year olds, not to mention adolescents. So, you know, that there's something to be said about moving the physical body and how that manifests um, over the course of our lifetime. Like when we learn these behaviors early on, which we don't even, like you and I didn't even think about it. It was just, let me right. outside, you know, it's just, let me go do it. Yeah. It's just, I think it's a little bit more challenging today to motivate our kids. It, so it, it, it really is. I mean, it, it's much easier. You're exactly right. I mean, it's much easier for me to see the benefits of exercise because when I don't get to, it's when I start feeling mm. bad. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, uh, you kind of go through these things where you burn yourself out, but I've learned to kind of taper myself now so that I don't burn myself out. I mean, I bought a, you know, I bought a smartwatch to, and a monitor, right? Uh-huh. Because I have literally, and I have witnessed, I have put myself in toxic shock from too much exercise. Mm. So, and that, and that is not fun. It's like the absolute worst flu you have ever had for days. I've, mm. I've had, I've, I worked out once and then sucked down a, a protein shake and, and went for a blood test and got a call the next day saying that my, I was in severe adrenal failure. Because, <laughs> you know, oh. but I, I, I just, I, I work out that hard. I would work out that hard. I didn't use the monitor mm-hmm. to make sure I did mm-hmm. enough. It was to keep myself from doing way, 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 way too much. What, was way that during much. your football career or later on in your young adult? This was like a year and a half ago. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. wow. Yeah. So that's very recent. Okay. So yeah, let's no, explore I'm, I'm, that. No, I, I'm like... No, I'm addicted to that. I'm I'm most definitely addicted to exercise. Junkie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I with concur. without with yes. <laughs> but what I have been able to do is understand that 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 cycle uh, of 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 the endorphin, then none, and it, it, mm-hmm. that high low mm-hmm. is something that you get into this feeding frenzy, and you mm-hmm. get that higher and higher. But you get that higher because you get the low mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And I've I've read and I understand that this is something that is um, keeps people in abusive relationships. Yes. That love hate cycle is mm-hmm. incredibly addictive. It's also something that uh, uh, people on on medical or on, on mental. Um, uh, a, a psychological drugs, however you, you say it, get hooked on that cycle as well. Mm-hmm. Will will actually people they'll actually get hooked on not taking their drugs and then taking their mm-hmm. drugs because they want that high, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and get it. Uh, but yeah, I'm total endorphin <laughs> junkie. Absolutely. I will profess. But I've been able to smooth it out. I've been able to smooth <laughs> it out because I'd have those days where I felt like crap and days when I didn't. And now by by kind of doing a a, a, a little bit. A, a more um, tempered regimen daily. Mm. I'm in much better shape. I've actually lost a lot of body fat. I've actually lost weight. It's easier for me to lose weight. Uh, it's easier for me to maintain it, and I'm much more mentally stable. Mm. Are you familiar as with our mood swings? That's you know that self awareness that you have in conjunction with your monitor there on your wrist. Have, are you familiar with the Week Watch? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So myself, being an exercise addict. Um, yeah, going for 12, 15 mile runs in 107 yeah. degree temperature, you'll definitely find me That's out crazy. there. But, you know, I come from the mindset that my body's adapted. Like I didn't just jump into that. I slowly prepare myself. But I will admit, Michael, if I'm feeling blue or I'm like really struggling mentally with something, some type, some type of thoughts that keep ruminating, and I can't come to a solution, my go-to 
is exercise, whatever that looks like. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I am too. That's same way. So same way. It's, it's kind of like mental therapy for me, but I find myself also relying on that too much, as you mentioned, to manage, you know, my energy levels, my emotions, the way I'm feeling. And when we overdo it, as with anything, um, our body will um, not cooperate in the most healthy way. And then we have to kind of figure out what are some other things that I can do to support my well-being, such as things yeah. like music, art, and, and other modalities, speaking of which. <laughs> And I really, and I would love to explore how music has impacted your life and how it facilitates wellness for you, your connection with your yeah. family, your coworkers, what you're doing for the environment, which is super cool. <laughs> well, uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, music's been, always been a huge part of my life. Now, being a musician has not. Um, hmm. Playing air guitar and wishing I was a musician, sure, but actually playing, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, always loved it. Um, uh, was always into music. I was a punk rocker and all that other kind of stuff as far as the music genre that I, I liked the most. And I think it just came from, uh, you know, I came from a, a, a family. My mom uh, got divorced early and then I had a stepdad and all that other kind of stuff, which was which was fine. I, I, I don't necessarily remember anything being awful or anything like that. I had a decent good childhood but uh for some reason i was against the man maybe it was the uh older brothers and sisters uh during that era that you know one went off to vietnam and that type of stuff right that was mm -hmm. just like against the man don't trust the man so I, I naturally gravitated towards that but um you know it 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 grew up from so now i mean you see there's there's me in oh, a nutshell yeah, you got the yeah. clash john lennon mm -hmm. and and bob marley and that's pretty much on any given day what you're going to get out of me <laughs> is, is, is one of those three and hopefully a little bit of each uh all together right i mean there's a good there's a good healthy fear of of uh you know control and that type of stuff and there's uh um you know moderation and love and all that other kind of stuff that comes into it as, as well which is incredibly important i'm a, a huge uh huge uh, uh, George Harrison fan and, and what he did after the Beatles as well. I, I think he took away from their uh, Maharishi days and drug days the the, the, the uh, best parts of that or the most positive parts of that, mm. I should say, <laughs> in, in his future music and what he was he was looking to do. But yeah, as uh, my daughter, uh, oldest daughter is a great uh, was was into music and playing guitars. Uh, and so uh, I could relate with my son, et cetera, through athletics very easily. And so I picked up mm. the guitar really to relate to her. And she kind of grew away from it, and I got hooked. I got stuck with it. Not, I, <laughs> say, I got blessed with it, I should say that. But I, I, I've got, I got hooked. And so, I, I mean, I played two hours every day. And it's a meditation wow. type of thing. Mm. It's a mental exercise type of thing because it's, it's very technical. There's a lot of technical aspects to it. I find it very, very mentally it's very very intriguing to me because you've got this whole science uh, this music theory and science that's built on emotion mm. so you got this huge scientific type body of work and study of the circle of fifths and the cage system and all these different things and half notes and full tones and everything else that is completely built on how you perceive the music and how i perceive mm. the music it's totally built on emotion in in my mind and george harrison nadi brahma right the sound is god mm. that's uh, 
the vibration is God. It's kind of one of those things. I don't worship music, but uh, yeah, it is definitely soothing to my mind and my soul. There's no doubt about it. It's beautiful. I have no doubt about it. I have a picture here. I got it ready for you. I don't know if you can see it of my pops. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I sure do. So he's one of 12 children, and my grandparents migrated here in the late 60s. Um, and my family, um, tough Italians, uh, very disciplined yeah. with the kids. But I will say, you know, for my father and I, we had a hard time relating for whatever reason. I mean, he served in Vietnam and came back with some mental struggles. And um, I will say the first time that I finally saw my father in a different light as I became older was when I would go downstairs when I would visit home and him and his brothers would play and for hours. So every Wednesday and Saturday, ah. that's their time. And it's like, I got to see a gentle, caring, creative person that I didn't experience as a child. And, um, so like, it's just very endearing to me. And, um, you know, when I, went and saw my brother who I hadn't seen for a long time participating in a school play and singing and you know the whole idea of the arts and how it just can create these emotions and change our yeah. whole perspective really about how we think of another person so now you know i see my brother and i was emotional with tears not believing that's him like how could i not know my bro brother can sing and and play all these musical instruments because um, I had left home so early. But the same thing with my father. And it just my fondest memories now of him are of those intimate times when I'm watching him with his brothers and they're playing like the same song 20 times, <laughs> yelling at <laughs> each other. And it's different every time. <laughs> and they have these the huge key. monitors so that they can read the notes and it's just, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's like, there's a whole set up there and there's somebody behind That's the genius fine. of it. You know, whereas it used to be like, you couldn't see in the picture, but it was like just little clips of paper, you know, taped to the microphones. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah, so I just, I love the whole idea of music and it just creates a non-judging space for us to communicate in a way that maybe our words can't manifest really what we're feeling. Yeah, agreed. It taps into that sensitivity that you have that, that allows it to come out. I saw, I watched a, a thing. I, I, I never took any lessons. I learned everything off of just playing and, and kind of watching YouTube and that type of stuff. My, and my father-in-law, uh, who's a Methodist minister actually, uh, was teaching me, he, he would teach me, but in the way he taught me, he would teach me some chords and then he would pull out his, his hymnal and we try and play, <laughs> he'd try and play these songs. And like every, 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 uh, you know, every syllable is a different chord, you know, and everything's in like E flat and all these difficult things. Uh, and so, and he would play and he would never slow down. And so you, I had to keep up. So I learned pretty quickly because it was just, you had to clean up. And mm. maybe two months into it, he said, okay, you're coming on stage with me. I'm like, what? So I'm on stage and I was faking it half the time because I was so lost trying to keep up. But that's how I learned. Uh, and so it forced me to, to do it really quickly. Yeah. But uh, one of the things I remember watching was Carlos Santana. I watched, uh, 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 he was talking about uh, music theory, et cetera. But Carlos Santana, he spent a half an hour just talking about his facial expressions was mm. the first thing that he talked about and how that, you know, that that's your soul coming out of oh. your face. And until you can relax enough to just let all this stuff happen, 
you're not musical. You have to get into it, just let that part of your come out. It has to come out. It's kind of that uh, theory, or it's not really a theory. I believe it's true. Music's not in the guitar or the instrument. It's 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 in mm, here, and you have soul. it's just a vehicle to let it out. It's just yeah. a vehicle to let it out. So the body kind of somatically experiences what the soul is experiencing. Yeah, you're not going to get your full musicality mm. and sensitivity out until you just break that mm. down and let it come out. You can know everything. You can know every note on that guitar fret. You can know every single chord that there is, which God bless you if you if you even know half of them. Uh, but, and you can be the fastest person like a Billy Strings just flying up and down the neck of there doing all these different scales but that's not musical musical is comes comes from here musicality i've never heard that um before so i'm just trying to like reflect back when i played the piano or the trombone or the flute, and now i'm trying to learn the bass i i'm more rigid <laughs> so because my my body you, you gotta unsure. kill it you, yeah you gotta get you gotta get rid of it you gotta let go and just go with the flow it's uh like um Yesterday always knows. Uh, yesterday never knows. What is it? Uh, uh, turn off your mind, relax, and float downstream. Right? It's that Beatle, that kind of mm. Nirvana, Nirvana type of thing. <laughs> but it's a yeah. Beatles tune, anyways. But right? <laughs> That's interesting. Um, now you have me curious. I'll have to explore that a little more. Yeah, well, I mean, I explored, and, and it's it's one of those things. I, I studied. I didn't study formally or anything like that, but I was into. I read. I read a lot of uh, Eastern philosophy and that type of stuff. So a lot of you know Buddhism and Zen and and all mm -hmm. that type of different thing, um, and just just really out of curiosity. Mm -hmm. But there's uh, a lot of a lot of good that comes through that, and and a lot of peace in your mind and soul that you can gain by just being and mm -hmm. just just you know like uh, what. Um, uh, uh, I think it's prana paramita is, you know, whatever the hand finds to do, do just that, which is really, you know, Nike's motto, just do it. But mm. it's like 6,000 years old, right? Mm. Okay. <laughs> just, just do it. Whatever the hand finds to do, do just that. But there's, there's that, there's that sense that uh, spirituality, I guess, if you will, but that sense of calm, that sensitivity to everything around you in nature, when you are just doing what you're doing mm -hmm. and you're turning off your mind, you're not worried mm -hmm. about what Rhonda's going to do tomorrow. You're not worried about how you're going to download or cut up all the silly things that Mike Vincent is saying on this. You're just in it, right? You're right. just, you, this is what we're doing. So this is what we're doing. I don't care what in the next half hour is going to be because here this, I have my time for caring about that. This is not it. This is me just playing this guitar or me just running. You break through that wall and you're mm. running, Rhonda, and you know that you could just run forever. And I know you've had that feeling. Mm. I was a long-distance runner back when I could do it. My back doesn't let me do that anymore. But I know that feeling. Some runs you get out there and it's like running through wet cement. Mm -hmm. And some runs you get out there and it's just like, okay, I could just do this forever. I don't want this mm -hmm. run to end. They're very rare. I have to cut yeah, it. Yeah, I know. What I have to cut about. it at twelve miles. But you know that. <laughs> you know that run. Yeah. So it sounds like you're. It's being very present with whatever you're doing. Um, my daughter's in the art therapy space, and she will often and she works with kids that have been traumatized or like works with inner city kids. So she does a lot of artwork, but music is very intricate in her practices. So she'll put on specific type of music, different styles during whatever the project that they are doing ah. based upon whatever it is she's trying to help them release somatically, like through their body, through their creativity. Yeah. So it's interesting. <laughs> 
Well, there, I mean, it's deep within us. Music is deep within us. It's it's been proven. It's it's a it's it's a great therapy, as is all art forms, mm-hmm. uh, because it is truly a, a tapping into one's soul or being or whatever you want to call it, uh, our nature. Uh, and, and I honestly believe that. I mean, and there's, there's scientific studies that, that, that prove, uh, in my opinion, some of these things. Others can say you can never prove that, but I, I, I don't think so. I, I've read psychocybernetics. I'm a believer. I, I, I think it's true. I think it, I think it works quite, quite well. And they've had people who've done that just sit around with some, get into the nice classical music. And then somebody starts reading a Mandarin Chinese. And before you know it, they can speak it like within wow. seconds. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not within seconds, but <laughs> it's, it's certainly there's, there's absolutely a connection between, between that and our, and our mental state. There's no doubt about it. Wow. That's pretty amazing to even contemplate. I know that there have been different researchers that have used music when working with water or different types of energy forces, and then they'll notice a change in the water and its formation based upon whatever the noise level was. And they do that somehow through the, I can't articulate it quite eloquently Mm -hmm. as I would like to, but they will freeze the water and it will come out and it'll have different geometric patterns in it based upon whatever the music was that was playing. Right. The frequent, the, so the frequency of the sound waves yeah. going through it changed the structure of that water at the time it froze. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting because we, we did that in physics class. I remember mm. pretty rudimentary, but we took uh, we just took speaker and uh, a speaker and, and, and hooked it to an end of a long, about 20-foot uh, steel pipe and started pumping um, uh, natural gas through it. And then, uh, you know, we had holes drilled along it and we lit it and we could make, you know, whatever tone we put through, the flames would burn in that sine wave, which was kind of cool. Wow. That was a cool little experiment. Hmm. <laughs> Wouldn't it be fun to go back in time with the knowledge we have now and like go through all these learning experiences? I probably wouldn't have done half the fun things that I did because a lot of them were unintentionally fun, right? They were accidental (laughs) stupidity that turned out to be pretty cool. Well, (laughs) but I was the student that I could not sit still and pay attention unless like phys ed, art, music, that was what I excelled in. Like science reading, uh, not so much. But, um, you know, now as an older human, I wish I would have paid a little attention because... I think you may have frozen on me, but that's okay. <laughs> I would have. Uh, no, no you froze on me. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know who's frozing, freezing on who, but you, you, uh, um, he's back. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe. Now, see, it's it's Riverside. Is it? Is it what? Am I back? Yes. Am I back? Yes. Okay, cool. Testing. The Riverside's interesting because it 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 um it records on both ends. Oh, yeah, so I look end. fine to me, and I look oh. fine to me, and you were you were perfectly fine, but I was frozen on your end. Oh, hmm. I might have to ask that's you for a copy of the recording then. But you get you get both files. That's the beautiful uh, beauty of it. Yes, this was recommended to me by Ben and no, it works uh, great. Nate from Freight Three Hundred and Sixty, so who actually asked me to do the podcast. Oh, anyways, very cool. So work life three sixty. Yeah. So what's going on in the in the entrepreneur ah, philanthropy? Yes. Yeah, so I just I I got off a call with uh, with some uh, interested parties just moments before we jumped on this. As a matter of fact, it's exploding. So I've been I mean, relatively exploding for two years or so. I've been evangelizing like crazy with nobody listening to me. Mm. And now it seems to be uh, growing uh, quite well. But yeah. So. Uh, you know, there's really two things that are that are going on here is the uh, 07M, Ocean7Music.com. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
But uh, so building, uh, we're, we're manufacturing uh, guitar picks and accessories out of 100% ocean and ocean-bound uh, plastics. And the reason both is not to cover my butt. It is because uh, the company that I um, uh, that is my source and I also uh, work with is Ocean Plastic Technologies, OPT.Earth. And w- one of the missions there is to clean up the oceans, obviously, but uh, just cleaning up the oceans doesn't do it. You got to keep the plastics mm. from getting in there as well. You got to shut off the valve. So yes, both are are the goal. Uh, places and locations that can get into the ocean are getting into the ocean, and the plastic out of the ocean is is the materials being used. Uh, so um, yeah, so I had prototypes of picks and stuff come across. People loved them. I got some good interest from guitar manufacturers. A lot of retailers want them, etc. Uh, and now I'm going through a Kickstarter, which is not successful at all, um, <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, yeah, trying to trying to raise funds because you know you you need about eighty thousand dollars or so for um, for molds, uh, et cetera, to to make this happen. So I've got people waiting for product, et cetera, to come through, but it's not going to happen until I have the capital to get those uh, those molds done. So that's that's the efforts right now. Just trying to get those molds done, mm. trying to find. And I've got some single investors that are thinking about getting involved, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what's going on. Um, the main uh, thing besides that is uh, ocean plastic technologies, bringing that technology around the world as well, which is a tremendous organization. Great stuff going on there as well. What's but that yeah, in confidence, Michael? So Ocean Plastic Technologies, OPT.Earth, is, uh, they're out of South Africa. They're growing through Europe, and I'm helping to bring them into the Americas, the USVI, and the United States, uh, the mainland here, is they create, uh, they, they make micro-recycling plants. And they're really a logistics company, if you think about it. Uh, the, 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 the issue that they solve is this. Procter & Gamble came out in December and said, we're not going to hit any of our ESG goals because we cannot find enough uh, a, a, a reliable stream of uh, non-contaminated recycled plastics for us to use. Well, that's mm-hmm. because of the MRF system that we have, these these uh, material reclamation, multi-recycling or material reclamation facilities that we have, these huge $20 million, uh, they call them MRFs, uh, where all of our recycling and trash goes, and then they try and separate out and do the recycling. By the time it gets to that through that system, most of it's contaminated. Mm. Less than 30% of what we actually recycle actually gets recycled. Mm. That's why it was re- revised down from 9% to about 5% just this last year in the studies of what actually gets recycled. About 5% of the plastic, it's absolutely horrible. But it's because of laziness and, and convenience that we've gotten there. We've been able to give our plastics to, and China would buy it and other places would accept it and they've cut us off. So now we've got to figure this out. We don't have the systems to do it because it's it's way too big. They take it way down to the local level where with their machines, and this is not rocket science, it is you can take all types of plastics, all seven ricks. You don't have to sort them. You don't have to wash them. These machines and the employees working there can sort those. They're washed, they're chopped, they're cleaned, they're processed, and they're ready for manufacturing when they come out the other side of the machine. Mm. Now, you don't throw all different plastics in there at one time. There's bids, right? Oh. <laughs> you bring all your plastics and they go, okay, that's plastic one, that's mm. two, that's three, that's seven, that's a foil bag. And they put them through those. And then once 
they've separated those, then they can run just Rick seven. They can run just Rick five. They can run just Rick six, etc. And it's hugely successful. Uh, the issue that the only issue we're having at OPT right now is is not enough funds to create the uh, recycling machines fast enough. Uh, the offtake agreements or the companies buying the plastics, the recycled plastics, whatever, regardless of what they are, the demand is way bigger than we can keep up with for for that. We we if we build two hundred more of these, we still would not be meeting the demand of the recycled plastics that we can kick out uh, wow. that that people want to buy from us. Wow. Whether it doesn't matter what it be what it is, it's huge, it's absolutely huge. And the other thing that they do is with that money, they're creating zero down uh, entrepreneurs. So it costs about eighty-five grand, and eighty-five grand will take a forty-foot uh, ocean container, turn it into one of these microcycling plants, which there's nine patents on. Mm. They produce no toxins, no pollutions whatsoever. But in that money is also working capital to create zero money down entrepreneurs, put people in business, and then OPT guarantees the sale of that plastic. We already have the up- offtake agreement, so we we actually sell it, and it's sold and purchased from them according to the market conditions through the plastics exchange uh you know it's it's a commodity it's traded right mm. so the buy low those futures is what it is and it's actually doubled over the last six months that the the price of that recycled plastic so if wow. you can recycle some plastic you can make some cash doing it as well it's 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 great it's a for-profit company and i love that because it's it's very altruistic it is a social enterprise but it's also economically viable so it doesn't depend on the fleeting altruistic nature of the human being which mm. you know as well as i do we forget things right and i think i saw you posted a, a video clip that showed some of these ocean containers <laughs> with the yes yeah recycled bins with the different colors and the, the folks yeah. working now the people in the clip What's the people in that clip are the women of waste. They are the women of waste, and they are the first entrepreneurs put in business. They're in Willow Fontaine oh. in KwaZulu Natal, South Africa. Oh, yeah, wow. and I think they, I think they have like three or four containers now. But yeah, those are the women of waste, um, and their their containers, their their uh, the ones that they have running there have produced over four hundred jobs, ancillary jobs because oh, you've got that's... collectors, et cetera, that come in. Wow. And it, and it's not it's 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 really it's fairly high tech. There's a plastics bank, etc., where you know the, the collectors come in and they may have these huge sugar sacks full of plastic, and they come in, and they and they scan it, and they have a QR code on their phone, and boom, and now they have money, and they can go down and buy food. Wow, oh, that's uh, incredible. So they're, yes, and then you have other people who are hauling the plastics in between, etc., that type of stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, in South Africa, that's the effort in other countries. It is also, it is, is really working with, uh, the communities in, in the, uh, in, in the different countries, et cetera, even the United States to discover where is the need to employ, right? Where is that mm-hmm. under, what is the underserved community, right? In South Africa, it's one in the USVI, it's another in the United States. I'm working, uh, with, uh, 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 Tim Thorne, who is uh, president of, of uh, ABF, he, he um, uh, ABF Freight, he, he uh, retired last spring, uh, working with him and another gentleman, Colonel Whitehurst, to transition 
or, or offer these opportunities to military uh, people who are being decommissioned and looking for entrepreneurship. Mm. So they may, we could bring them in and, and have them run like 10 of these things or, or five or a district of these as we develop in the United States, that type of stuff. Uh, so it depends on where that uh, where it is and what that underserved market is mm-hmm. that is in that community. It may be that here in Chattanooga. It may be something different in Chicago. It could be something different in, in where you're at in, in, in Arizona. Maybe there's – but working with those communities to understand what is the best way to set these up and not come in and try and tell them because mm-hmm. that's that's where you start making mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's uh, th- those are those are the people that we're pulling in uh, to try and to try and build these. So yeah, it's pretty pretty exciting stuff. We're looking hopefully to be in the USVI and here in uh, Chattanooga within the next year or so. Wow, that's super special. So it's not only you're doing something wonderful for the environment, but you're creating opportunities for people. Yeah, there, there's a couple things. There's a couple things here, Rhonda. So one one of them is this music. I wanna I wanted to do something with music, and I wanted to do something good for 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 the earth. Okay, so there was that's where I got started going mm-hmm. down this down down this this path, and then then there's this. Okay, in the United States, obviously, over the last couple of years, unless you've been you know out of country and turned off every form of media, you understand that we've been divided. Right, mm-hmm. you're either right or you're left. There's there's no middle. Even though most of us are in the middle and agree and can talk, you can't have that conversation. If I agree with something that Biden says, then I'm a communist and I'm crazy and I'm, I'm far left. Mm-hmm. And if I agree with anything that Trump, then I'm the worst person on the planet mm-hmm. and there's no in between. When in reality, we need to be here in the middle, mm-hmm. right? So take that concept to environmentalist. You've got Greenpeace blowing up whaling ships and you've got Coca-Cola polluting the planet with uh, plastic bottles. We need to be here in the middle, right? And that's what OPT is is about. We're 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 not gonna we're not running around trying to sue Coca Cola because they're trying to be green. Mm. We're solving the issue and giving them the ability to be green and understanding that there is an absolutely huge uh, 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 addressable or obtainable um, uh, uh, market of billions of dollars in in plastics. That if you turned it into or created a circular economy for that plastics, there's a huge industry that could be there. Working with the USVI, we estimate somewhere between 200 and 250 million dollar export business just by recycling plastics. Mm. It would be their almost it would be their largest export business for the Virgin Islands. Would be recycled plastic uh, flakes. Mm -hmm. Huge opportunities. And you had this vision in the middle of COVID. I take it. How did that work yeah, out? Yeah, it was. That's, that <laughs> no, initially I, I was where not, my head went. Like he started this. I, in the I did not. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't. I didn't start anything. I discovered what Oliver Nudds and the people at OPT were doing in in Durban, South Africa, okay. Kwazulu Natal, and I said, you know what? I've got to be involved and help you bring this stuff around the and around the around the world. And I've been with them for and working with them for about two and a half years. Just you know. Uh, trying to help evangelize this and, and make this make this work. Most of it has been trying to understand plastics and actually mm-hmm. what it is they're doing. I learn something every single day. Um, wow. But yeah, that's pretty incredible. That's the, uh, <laughs> so I have to bring this back to my team. So I am the captain of our green team at Global Trans. So every month we showcase. Um, like this month we had for Father's Day, we have an activity where. You know, we give green ideas instead of giving gifts. Like, what are some things you can do for your pops, yeah. your father figure on Father's Day to give back to the environment? Um, so I would love to 
entertain, like showcasing you in our newsletter. We have two thousand employees, and 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 I will say this. Be awesome. I will say this about you know our our team. We have a lot of employees that are very green, conscientious, and they really do respect the environment in a way. If I'm going to be honest, that I wasn't even contemplating. When I was 20, 30 years old, my head space was Sure, no, I wasn't. So. No, when I was 20, 30 years old, it was cool to deny it. <laughs> right? But I think, yeah, I, I would love to to showcase what you're doing. and, and I um, love it. That's awesome. I really appreciate that. Evangelizing this, as much as much we can spread it, more people interested in it, uh, the better. I mean, you, you think about this. An organization that, let's say uh, your organization, uh, Global Trans, supports the American Lung Association, right? Or some other charity. doesn't mm-hmm. matter what it is. Some other some other uh, beat, all right? And, and that's great. I don't want to pull away from that type of stuff because there's all kinds of things, right? Mm-hmm. Heaven forbid somebody says, you know what? I'm not going to support St. Luke's. I'm going to give you the money. I said, no, don't do that. Give it to St. Luke's because... They do amazing work. I don't want to take away from anybody else. But consider this. If you were to invest the $85,000 into one of these these micro-recycling plants, and then there was an offtake agreement that that was uh, in in place with that and a lease-back program, now you've invested in something that is going to pump $5,000, $10,000 into your American Heart Association or into Mm. St. Luke's uh, at Finium. Uh, not your once a year hundred thousand dollars, but let's say ten thousand dollars a month coming out of this machine that is also cleaning up the environment. Mm-hmm. That's what this offers to corporate America. Even those that are not involved in plastics would do this. Imagine truck stops with a twenty foot ocean container sitting there that would take road gators and broken mud flaps that the drivers had or were cleaned up by the crews on the street and grind them up turn them into flake, and then make more mud flaps out of them Mm. and never make virgin plastic anymore. Do that. And Mm -hmm. part of that money that comes off of there goes to support, I don't know, say Christopher's Trucker Fund or whatever it happens Mm. to be, right? This is the type of stuff, the sustainability that I'm talking about. That's a beautiful vision. So it's... It's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Wow. I had no idea. I mean, I knew you were in this space (laughs) and this backstory really is is something, um, you know, I really appreciate you're taking the time to explain it. And I don't think, at least for me and probably some fans of yours, I don't know how in-depth. I have fans? <laughs> is my mom Is my mom watching? <laughs> Hi, Mom. Well, um, yeah, so I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but is there anything that you would like to discuss or explore? Or- you know what? If people like yourself that get out there and talk about, issues that weren't cool before, right? For your mm-hmm. mental health and take care of your well-being and your body and your mind and your soul, right? And get out there and kind of, and I love your camera trails kind of things, you know, when you're dr- running and it's bouncing along. Cause I can remember, <laughs> Do you know, can it makes me, nauseous? I'm going to, I'm going to put those together. <laughs> I'm going to put those together and put them in front of a uh, treadmill and just, uh, <laughs> you know, those anyways, it, it should be on Peloton, but, um, no, bringing this stuff forward, like my partner uh, in crime on What the Truck and Back the Truck Up, uh, uh, Dooner, Tim Dooner, mm-hmm. um, just making people aware and making it, it, it's okay to talk. It's cool to talk. We mm-hmm. need to talk about these type of stuff. We need to talk mm-hmm. about not only your your health, and when you talk about your physical health, you talk about your mental health mm-hmm. and your spiritual health at the exact same time. Whatever that looks like, you need to be aware of it and, and just, just sit and be. 
Mm-hmm. And take stock of your life every mm-hmm. once in a while. That's kind of what exercise does for me, Rhonda. You, mm-hmm. you, you talked about how you, you can go to exercise and kind of shake off that bad day, that bad mood, that anger that you sometimes wake up mm-hmm. with for no reason. It's just a crappy day. And you just go, well, it's just a crappy day. No, it's not just a crappy day. You, you something wrong. You need to fix it. You need mm-hmm. to figure out what it is. That's what I like. When I exercise, it's like my desk is covered with files. And when I'm done, they're all mm-hmm. in order. Everything's good now. Now, okay, mm-hmm. now I can move forward and I can go forward and I get that endorphin rush that I'm addicted mm-hmm. to. <laughs> but just saying, I, I appreciate what, what you're doing out there to be able to talk about these different things and talk about without people saying, hey, you're a weirdo, man. Why, why, you, you know, why don't you be uh, that tough man, that dad mm-hmm. that you described that then you discovered wasn't really that. He was much more sensitive than, mm-hmm. than, than that, right? And let yeah. that shine. That's 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 a good thing. It's a it's a <laughs> it's a it's a very good thing to show and to to let come through. So appreciate you. is what I'm trying oh, to say. Thank and what you. You're doing. And I, I appreciate coming on to be able to evangelize this stuff and, and talk about it because man, when you stand there and hand, hold hold your hand up, people either listen because they're like, oh yeah, screw coke, or they're like, <laughs> they don't want to listen to you because they're like. You know, you're you're just trying to hug trees and do all this other kind of stuff, and and really, that's that's not the game at all. That's not the game at all. Mm. The game is let's let's all left and right figure out and come together and get this get this done. Yes, that's it. My one quick little experience, which I actually haven't talked about, was I actually was a councilwoman, a Democratic councilwoman in Marsville, Pennsylvania, huh? and it was a result. Well, where's of- Morrisville? <laughs> Pennsylvania. Is that Philly? Yeah. Yeah, uh, about 30 minutes outside of Philly. I worked in Philly at okay. the time. Um, I lived in Altoona for uh, five and a half years. Oh, stopping grounds. <laughs> yeah, I worked, I for, worked for Roadway Express. I worked for Roadway Express in Altoona. Oh, but um, I, I didn't run to be a councilwoman. My name was put on the ballot by a bunch of people who knew I did a lot of work for the Red Cross for disaster management. We were having some struggles in the town. But anyway, long story short, once I was sworn into office, I very much came from that middle ground space, even though, you know, for the ballot, I had to have a a label on myself as a Democrat. Yeah, you had to have a party affiliation, yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, when I showed up for meetings uh, twice a month, I showed up just as a human that just wanted to try to make a community better and, you know, listen to concerns of of people and and try to do your best to make a most informed decision, Um, but also learned in that space, like, there are people in leadership positions that really do not know what they're doing and it's questionable <laughs> where they're getting their their information from and they're making decisions that impact a whole community and then there's some self-interest involved so yeah i was only in that space for like two years and then i stepped back out of it but um it was it was quite a learning experience it's got to be we'll very continue. difficult to stay true to your values <laughs> if, if, with a long career in in that political space well there's people the trying to influence your your voice yeah. and the way you're going to vote and i i saw that and i felt like i was what world have i entered you know i was very naive i will say <laughs> back in the day and my intentions were good and i was like yeah no this is not the place for me but uh, yeah, anyway. be very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. So we always leave the pod with an action item. So something for some, okay. something for people to think about, either evaluating or maybe healthy behavior they want to try, or maybe something they want to stop doing, or maybe do a little research yeah, for or me, something. Yeah. Well, 
would you I, I, I don't require I don't require any research or <laughs> or anything at all. What what I what I ask is what mm-hmm. I ask people to do and and to take away from this is um, uh, just live with intention. Your interactions with other people on the earth should should have intention with it, and and things will get a lot better for everybody. Uh, and just contemplate that, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. Your interactions should not be random. If you ask somebody, "Hey, how you doing?" Like, give a shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't don't just say, "Hey, how you doing?" and, and walk by. It's not mm-hmm. that, that's live with intention. Things will be better. I love that's that. It. All right, folks, we're gonna live with intention and <laughs> see what that feels like. You know, you'd be surprised how yeah, good it is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, thank might. You. you never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. I really, really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. No, I yeah. appreciate being on. I really do. I, re- and I do really appreciate what you do. I like. Uh, I look forward to seeing your posts, and uh, hopefully I like enough of them and help uh, other people see them as well and help you evangelize what you're doing out there because I mm. think it's, it's very, very important, and it's stuff that people don't understand just how beneficial it is to look after your health uh, mm-hmm. and, and do it. And, you know, you asked me in the very beginning, Hey, this is, it's my priority is my health. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to not get work done in order to work out or to, to exercise that mm-hmm. day because mm-hmm. it's just going to suffer. If I don't, I have mm-hmm. to work out. I will, I'll do, I'll do my work later. I, it, it will get done, but I'm not missing, uh, my mental health, uh, and, and physical health time for uh because the boss needs something mm. <laughs> it's just yeah, not gonna happen no. and that's and that is exactly the message summed up right there well keep at it doing. next time i'll come I... on and play you a tune oh that would be wonderful yeah all right awesome. michael that wraps up this episode of Work Life 360. Make sure you check out all the other episodes and the show notes for links to any articles, resources, or for more information about guest reference on the episode. I appreciate your time and I ask you to send any feedback to worklife 360 podcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Freight360 for your continued support. <laughs>